I was expecting you. Today, tomorrow, yesterday. It was only a matter of time. Welcome to John Adams High, where you are gonna die, that's right. Hey, little bro, life's tough, get a helmet. They just shot the neighbor! The banger! Well, Sean, I don't want you to take this the wrong way, but you're kind of a babe. The Secret of Life by Plays with Squirrels. Underpants. Mr. Feeney? Mr. Feeney! I love the Feeney call. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Feeney Podcast, a holiday edition. We've got Christmas wreaths. We've got decorations. We've got school dances. What more could you ask for? With me on this lovely December evening is my co-host, Jacqueline. What's going on? Hello, Merry Christmas, and it is snowing on the East Coast, so I'm feeling very festive today. Would you say that it's beginning to look a lot like Christmas? I would say that, you know, just everywhere you go. Wow, that's awesome. Yeah. Well, we have a, I guess this is going to be classified as the Christmas episode of Boy Meets World, as we've been trying so hard to match the schedule about when they were released. This will be the last episode that was released in the year 1994. It will also be the last regular Feeney podcast episode that we release in the ominous year 2020. Yeah, I this definitely is their Christmas episode, although the plot is not Christmassy. They try to sprinkle in some Christmas throughout. And I believe the next episode is the Valentine's Day episode. So we will be picking back up after our winter break for uh, some other festive holidays that'll be a nice departure from the Corey relationship story oh wait i guarantee (laughs) you that's exactly what that episode's about yeah hopefully Um, it's not a terrible alan and amy rediscovering their romance and their marriage plot like last year's valentine's day episode yes that was that was not a good one but yeah so here we are home stretch here And as we mentioned, we've got a a couple more things and and announcements here at the end, but stay tuned. We'll have this episode out this week. And then in the week of Christmas next week, for anyone listening live, we will have a very special episode uh, based on a Hallmark movie featuring Ben Savage, which we previewed last week and which we'll get into a little bit more later on. Yes, we'll um, drop a couple comments about that at the end of this episode so that you are fully prepared to listen along with us next week. Excellent. So Jacqueline, this episode is the turnaround based on, I guess, the name of this type of dance that they're doing. Hit us with some of the details. All right. Turnaround. uh, Season two, episode 12, aired on December 16th, 1994. And I have a big drum roll needed because this episode was directed by not David Trainer, but by Mickey Dolenz. It is our first episode not directed by David Trainer. With the guy from the monkeys? Exactly the guy from the monkeys. You might remember Mickey Dolenz from the Band on the Run episode earlier this season where he plays one of Alan's old bandmates uh, and sings a hot rendition of Good Lovin'. And as Josh has said, he's most well known for being in the monkeys, but he also has 16 directing credits to his name. Most of them are TV shows from the 80s that I had never heard of, and he hasn't directed anything since 2001. 
So nothing recent that we would know, but um, he directs exactly two episodes of Boy Meets World, this one and another one in season six. So we're going to have to wait a while before we hear from Mickey Dolans again. Interesting. Well, you know, for those who are not super tapped into the way that TV shows are filmed, they're a little bit different. For a movie, for example, the director is basically the the main guy on set, main guy or gal on set. They are running the show. They're making all of the calls. With a TV show, they usually have a lot of different directors kind of come in and there's a showrunner, somebody who kind of, you know, makes sure the writers are all doing what they're supposed to be doing. And, and as the name says, runs the show and the director kind of just kind of plugs in, directs their episode and then bounces. So having said all of that, I didn't really notice a visual style difference in this episode from past ones. No, but I did notice that they turned the men's bathroom slash Feeney's office into a women's bathroom. So maybe that was a hot directorial decision that Mickey <laughs> Dolman's made. <laughs> oh my God, the magical door, the room of requirement yes. for real. Yes. <laughs> um, um, so no, funny. I mean, I, I feel like on TV shows like this, I don't feel like the director has a ton of artistic license. But it has always sort of baffled me how TV shows can have like all these different directors. I'm like, how does it work? Like, how do they just show up? And I don't know. I guess people in that industry know how it all goes down. Yeah, I guess so. So this that's very exciting. First one with a new director. Uh, the episode, The Turnaround, is, as we just said, the name of the type of dance in which girls are going to ask the guys uh, which completely is just backwards and turned around. Uh, I always grew up calling this sort of dance a Sadie Hawkins dance. Yes. In fact, I used the term Sadie Hawkins in my synopsis, uh, which I haven't read yet, but I didn't even realize I did that. I've never heard it called a turnaround dance before. It was always Sadie Hawkins. I knew that, uh, you know, the name Sadie Hawkins, but do you know where that name came from? Nope. I didn't either. I thought it was maybe like a real person, maybe like some like female feminist from like the early 20s. Nope. The Sadie Hawkins dance is named after the Lil Abner comic strip character Sadie Hawkins. <laughs> in the strip, Sadie Hawkins Day fell on a given day in November. The unmarried women woman of Dogpatch get to chase the bachelors and marry up with the ones that they caught. Hmm. So... That is where this stems from. And that was from 1937. I got to say, Lil Abner, that's a deep cut. Yeah, that's that's old school. Not to be confused, of course, with Sophie B. Hawkins, which is one of my favorite community episodes uh, where they do a Sophie B. Hawkins dance because they're confused and they get her confused with Sadie Hawkins. Sophie B. Hawkins, the singer, songwriter who has the famous hit, Damn, I Wish I Was Your Lover. Wow, that is obscure. Have you heard the Reliant K song, Sadie Hawkins Dance? Remember that band? I remember the band, but I don't remember that song. Sadie Hawkins dance in my 
<laughs> yeah, sure. maybe maybe give that record a spin when we get off. That's a yeah. hot hot track. Well, then you have to listen to some Sophie B. Hawkins. All right. I guess that's a deal. Fair trade. All right. So let's let's get my synopsis going here. I used the Google synopsis for this week. Ooh. Corey, yes, mixing it up. Corey mistakenly accepts a date to the Christmas dance with a plain looking girl. My synopsis. <laughs> Corey is fantasizing about being asked to the Sadie Hawkins dance by a popular girl when he accidentally accepts an invitation from the tragically nerdy Ingrid. Corey and Sean attempt to my fair lady Ingrid and make her cool in time for the dance, but their plan backfires when Ingrid becomes way too cool for the average Corey. You prefer my fair lady. I prefer more of a modern. She is all that, or even a trading places, if you will. We'll get into some of the the other spinoffs of this storyline, but it is a common trope throughout movies that we've seen time and time again. It is, and all of those things. Not sure about the trading places one, but all the she's all that and my fair lady are all based on Pygmalion. Uh, which happens to be what Mr. Turner is teaching in this week's English <laughs> Who class. Would have thought? Yeah, so it's all very on brand. And I will agree with you that while My Fair Lady is a classic, She's All That is one of the best teen movies of our childhood and really holds up. Yeah, I have not seen it in a while, but Freddie Prince Jr. really was the king of the late 90s. Uh, totally. And- this was this is one of the big jumping off points for him. So we'll right. dive into some more of those when we get to Pygmalion and Turner's class a little bit later. Um, this episode doesn't actually have much of a B plot. There are some little tiny like side stories going on, but not much of a solid plot. It really just focuses on Corey and Sean's plan to uh, find a girl that that we can make into a date that will make Corey cool. Yeah, and this episode brings back some of our favorite season two tropes. So no B-plot, but we have Topanga back as Corey's failsafe girlfriend, even though she's in a bit role in this episode, but she's there. We have Mr. Turner's English lesson mirroring the plot of the episode, and we have a little Feeny Turner banter, and we've got Morgan doing absolutely nothing, but she's there. Yeah, pretty classic second season episode here. Yes. Uh, I really question why Topanga was in this episode at all, based on the fact that she hasn't been in the last couple and that she appears in two scenes, one to tell Corey that she can't go to the dance with him and one to just sit in Turner's class and be in the classroom and not say anything. So seems weird that they brought her back just to do that. Yeah, I guess because the audience would be sitting there going, why doesn't Corey just go to this dance with Topanga? Yeah, sure. Uh, So they had to bring her in just to be like, and you're not getting out of this because I'm not going to the dance. But this episode does have three female guest stars that are all pretty important to the plot. Mm -hmm. So I think we should just knock those girls out at the top, introduce all of them, and then we can uh, talk about how they all play into the plot. Sounds good. Yeah. So first we have Becky. She is played by Jennifer Banco. Becky is Sean's date to the turnaround dance, and she's going to help Corey and Sean with their Pygmalion plot. 
She was in a few things in the nineties and you probably recognize her from nothing. Did you, did any, did you look at her IMDb? Anything ringing a bell? Looked at it. Nothing rang a bell. Didn't watch any of those shows. A huge gap between 97 and 2014. Yeah, Who knows nothing, what she was doing then, but no, I, no, I have never seen any of these other TV shows she was in. All right. So thank you, Becky. Moving on. We also have Allison. She's played by Marnette Patterson. She is the cool girl that Corey fantasizes about asking him to the dance. So she's been in lots of stuff, mostly one-offs, TV shows and TV movies. Did, did you think she was recognizable? She looks familiar. Like if, if something had popped up on her screen that I would like, she's in an episode of house potentially. I've like, remember her face from that, but no, none of this stands out. It looks like her biggest credit is American sniper, which was a pretty big Bradley Cooper movie from 2014, but never saw it and uh, didn't recognize her. Yeah. I recognized her face. Um, she had a long recurring role in charmed in 2006, which I didn't watch, but I recognized her from this random show from the nineties called something so right that I used to watch. It's about a blended family. And I, I used to watch it on, I don't know if it was on like WB or something. I can't remember, but I used to watch it, but had it not been for me looking at her IMDb, I would have never Excuse remembered me. the name of that show if I hadn't seen it. <laughs> Interesting. Yeah, no, nothing ringing a bell for, for Marnie here either, uh, or um, Marnette. Sorry. Marnette. Apparently her name is a combination of like her grandma's name and her aunt's name or something. I love that. Whatever. It was on IMDb and I was like, Cause, you know, Marnette's a weird name. All right. Last but not least, we have Ingrid played by Natanya Ross. Ingrid is the plain looking girl who asks Corey to the turnaround. Uh, she was in lots of stuff in the 90s, but she pretty much stopped acting after that. I personally recognized her from the Babysitter's Club movie and the made for TV Freaky Friday movie, both of which I loved when I was a kid. I did not recognize her. I didn't think that she looked familiar, but it appears that her biggest and kind of most well-known role was as the sidekick to Alex Mack on The Secret World of Alex Mack, which I remember watching that show, uh, potentially remember a redhead sidekick friend, but didn't click that this was the same girl. Yeah, I didn't. I remember Alex Mack um, and Larissa Olnick, fantastic, but I did not remember her being in the show. I guess I don't remember the show like that well, but yeah, that was, she was in, had a big role in that. Yes. So from smallest acting career to largest acting career, we've got Becky, Allison, and then Ingrid with kind of the most prolific, but none of those folks really uh, had huge acting careers and none of them, I don't believe will appear in another Boy Meets World episode. I don't think so. No. All right. So it's now, it's the Christmas season at John Adams High. Feeney is hanging up posters for the turnaround dance and the posters, uh, for whatever reason, have snowmen and also menorahs drawn on them. Did you catch that? <laughs> no, I didn't see the posters really, but I do appreciate that detail. Thank you for being inclusive. <laughs> yes, very. The, the dance is not holiday themed at all, but we had to slap a menorah on there because you have to. Yeah, so Sean basically gets asked to the turnaround dance immediately by Becky and Corey starts to freak out that no one's going to ask him and because now the pressure's off Sean and it's all on Corey. 
yeah, Sean gets asked by the third coolest girl in the grade, which <laughs> random uh, thing to apparently say. there's a yeah power rankings, but just clear that obviously Sean has good social standing here. This is where Topanga comes up only to basically exist to tell Corey that she's not going because it's sexist and girls should be able to ask boys anytime they want. And also her daddy is taking her to Christmas shop in New York City. Yeah. Um, right around this time also, Eric, of course, can't resist torturing Corey. So he uh, seemingly materializes out of thin air it's like he was like hiding behind a corner just waiting for this moment he appears and he ups Corey's anxiety by saying like not only does it suck not to get asked to the turnaround dance but if the wrong kind of girl asks you then that is a really bad sign for your social status so he's basically just twisting the knife and making Corey even more nervous about this stupid dance which is what Eric does best and Unlike Pygmalion and all of the kind of versions of that, including the ones that we've mentioned, which pretty much are based on two people making a bet about something. I think that's one of the key features of those plots. I think that seemed a little harsh for two of the people to be betting on whether one guy could get a girl or something like that. So instead of going that route, um, they use this daydream route where Corey is daydreaming about Allison the coolest girl in school asking him. And while that's happening, it's actually Ingrid who asks him and he says yes without kind of knowing. Right. He has this elaborate daydream where Allison is walking up to him, like wind blowing in her hair. And he's like, yes, yes, I'll go to the dance with you. And then he like opens his eyes and it's Ingrid standing there and was like, wow, Corey said yes to me, like an average guy. So she's excited. This girl, Ingrid, there's nothing wrong with her other than she has pigtails and glasses. Like she's totally seemingly normal girl, but apparently she's this like freakazoid and they're all like no not Ingrid (laughs) like what is wrong with you people she looks perfectly nice to me yeah Corey is is upset about this and later on he's trying to figure out and he's actually practicing how to call up Ingrid and say no I can't go to the dance with you and this is where we could have used some Alan advice last episode, yes. but now Alan is giving exactly the advice that you'd think a father would give and the advice that he would have given last episode, which is, Corey, what you're doing is fucked up. And he's, he gives that same advice this episode, which is, she asked you, you said yes, you go with the girl you said yes to. That's that's what you do. That's what a man does. And then he kind of exits out. Yeah. He hears Corey trying, like coming up with a script for how to dump Ingrid. And he's basically just like, dude, that is not cool. You need to like stick to your word. That's what you do. Like you said, yes, you hold up your word. So Corey didn't hear what he wanted to hear from Alan. So now he turns to Eric. But surprisingly, Aaron actually agrees with Alan, not because he wants Corey to be a good person, but Eric's logic is if you dump a girl right before the dance, she's going to tell all the other girls and then you're going to be blacklisted from dating and you will be undateable and all the girls will hate you so Corey ends up accepting his fate of going to the dance with ingrid he's now been told that he needs to suck it up by both alan and eric so he's like all right i guess this is my fate now yeah this is also where we get introduced to the international women's network Mm -hmm. which is a kind of running gag that we'll see pop up throughout the rest of the episode where 
women will talk to each other and gossip so quickly that anything that happens will get to them quickly. And Eric uses a, a funny chili example and that gets back to his mom. And, and that's the example that we need to move forward with it. So I guess it really sinks in for Corey, but the next day at school, Mr. Turner is fortuitously teaching Pygmalion. We've already alluded to this, but if you're not familiar, it's a play by George Bernard Shaw published in 1913. No relation. No relation. The general story is that this man, Henry Higgins, believes he can turn a common flower girl living in poverty into uh, like a facsimile of a duchess. Like he could convince people that she was a duchess just by giving her elocution lessons and like etiquette lessons. But he ends up falling in love with her along the way. And then, of course, we know that My Fair Lady and more recently She's All That are both based on that play. So Mr. Turner is like giving the whole spiel. And shockingly, it seems that Sean is actually listening to the content of the lesson. Yeah, exactly. Because as soon as this class ends, Sean is going to kind of put it together that they can Pygmalion this girl Ingrid and that if... You know, there's no way to make Corey cool. What we can do is make Ingrid cool, which will then elevate Corey into seeming like he's cooler than he was. Yeah, Sean puts it together here that that they're going to be able to try and remake Ingrid. I was watching Elf the other day, and one of the children's books in Elf is called Pygmalion, but it's an actual pig, and it's spelled P-I-G. <laughs> Classic. All other adaptations include Trading Places. Have you seen that movie? I have. Man, I can't remember. Are there like two rich dudes that bet on Dan Aykroyd and Eddie Murphy? Yeah. Like, I don't exactly. remember what I don't remember what the bet is, I guess. I just remember like the jokes. They bet that they can't make a homeless man, Eddie Murphy, into like the top stockbroker of their company. And so they basically like give him everything while... I think inadvertently, Dan Aykroyd, who was in that similar position, kind of falls from grace and they end up switching places or gotcha. trading okay. places. So that that makes sense. Yeah, that is definitely like the same thing, just with a different spin on it. They also listed The Duff, which is a newer movie, which looked terrible, and yeah. Pretty Woman, which I guess is along the same lines but no i will not accept that i i see what they're going for but that's not that's not a pygmalion maybe too much of a stretch i just i don't <laughs> buy it <laughs> all right that's fair so enacting sean's plan sean is going to ask becky his date to this dance to help remake ingrid and, and turn her into a cool girl and we get a the first of a couple of jokes for adults here which i caught which is you think she'd help us hey she asked me to the dance and i said yes so i figure i could ask her for something and she'd say yes you sure you want to waste it on this <laughs> yeah i caught that too and honestly shocking that becky agreed to this i guess it's fun to give someone a makeover i don't really know but they go back to the matthews house and becky has the grueling task of giving Ingrid this makeover, which essentially all she does is take off her glasses and take her pigtails out and like lends her a dress. But there's a big reveal. Ingrid comes down the steps and kiss me by sixpence none the richer plays. And <laughs> <laughs> just kidding. Just kidding. Wrong movie. Gentlemen, may I present 
the new, not improved, but different, Laney Box. Swing, swing the spinning step. You wear those shoes and I will wear that dress. Oh, kiss me. Wrong movie, but uh, that's exactly what happens. And a couple of things here. I mean, I guess at its face value, giving a friend or a peer a, a makeover is not inherently evil or wrong or anything like that. But I do get the feeling that Amy doesn't quite take enough offense to what is happening in this plan when she's sitting there with her coffee. Right. It's not exactly like there's two girls that are friends and the one girl's like, let me give you a makeover and they're doing it for fun. It is like Corey and Sean are the puppet masters using Morgan to send messages up to Becky to say like, okay, we want Ingrid to look like this. And they're like mastering this whole plan for their own benefit. I mean, for right. Corey's benefit. And for whatever reason, Becky and Ingrid are going along with this. I, I wonder how they broached this subject with Ingrid. Like, was Becky like, hey, Ingrid, this will be really fun. Like, let's do a makeover. And she's a cool, popular girl. So Ingrid would say yes to that. But then to have like Corey and Sean there, they had to sort of explain to her that they had ulterior motives. I don't know how they passed this off. Yeah, I mean, Ingrid seems and she says a couple of times throughout the episode that like she was happy to go through it and that she was like she enjoyed being cool and, and getting that attention. So I think if you reversed it, like if this was Corey in this situation, he would probably go along with being made over to be cool himself, too. So I think it's just an insecurity where like if Ingrid feels like this is going to help her get cooler, it doesn't really matter about Corey. It really just matters about like her own personal growth, I guess. But yeah, I agree with you. I think Amy definitely should have been a little bit more offended about the boys being like, tell Becky to give Ingrid pretty lips and like barking these orders at them. Like it was kind of kind of weird. Yeah, she does lecture them a little bit about like the women in the magazines not being real women and like these beauty standards are unattainable. But quickly, Corey says that he got those pictures from her nightstand and all of those are her magazines to begin with and then we get the second of two adult jokes where did you find pictures like these in the magazines on your nightstand <laughs> oh. you didn't open the drawer did you what the hell yeah i wonder what was in that drawer you know what was in that drawer it could have been more magazines or it could have been some some toys well that is still a Maybe racy thing both. to say <laughs> at 8 30 p.m on a friday night and you know that now <laughs> they're going in the drawer now exactly <laughs> now they're definitely gonna go look <laughs> um so anyway ingrid comes down the stairs she looks completely made over aka she has no glasses her hair is down and she's wearing a dress like you mentioned and Sean is still not convinced that this is a good enough makeover, that there needs to be something mysterious about her, that maybe like a foreign name or a foreign like persona, something like that, that makes her intriguing and mysterious. And guess what? It turns out Ingrid is Swedish. Who would have thought? Yeah, Swedish. How exotic. Yeah, I mean, Corey is like, 
Ingrid, you look so pretty. Like, don't listen to Sean. And Sean's like, no, no, no. We need to find a, a cool angle. And then he hears about this Swedish thing. And he's like, okay, now we have our hook. Like, so he's like, basically, I can use this. And I'm going to tell everybody at school that you go to Sweden and there's nude beaches in Sweden. And now everyone will think you're cool. Yeah, weird flex, but I yeah, guess super weird. I like, guess this is what they need. I mean, I would think that just like looking different would have gained her a lot of attention. Like you show up at school and you look completely different, like you're probably going to get some comments about that. But I guess to like really take it to the next level, to really get people buzzing about her, he needed something. So, at least he but but then it's weird because at school the next day, they have her dressed in this like Swedish gear, like a, I mean, it's not a lederhosen because that's German. I don't know what they wear in Sweden, but she's got on like the corset top, like the beer girl outfit. And I'm like, this, like, this is what you went with? <laughs> like, yeah, it was that the costume choice was weird for her, but the nudity thing really seems to work because the boys in the school are buying it and they're swarming her and uh, it seems to be working out just the way they've got it planned. Yeah, I mean, she's cool. Everybody is just a Twitter with the um, the new cool girl. So, you know, the plan seems to be working until Ingrid realizes that she's cool. And now Corey is still not cool and she is. So we've got a little bit of a problem here. In the cafeteria, as you mentioned, we know that Ingrid is getting a lot of attention and she actually comes up to Corey and they start to have a conversation. And it turns out that Rick Lawler has asked Ingrid to, or I guess he wouldn't have asked her since a turnaround dance, but maybe he came up and showed some interest and then Ingrid asked him to the dance instead. Yeah. Now that I'm thinking about it, I don't remember if she said he asked her, that would be against the spirit of the dance, but she does say he talked to me. He's never talked to me before. So I think what probably happened is she was so psyched that a popular guy was talking to her that she just blurted out and asked him to the dance. And he said, yes. So now Corey's got to take a hike. Yeah, Corey made her too cool, and this is the first of this running gag that Sean will have where he kind of comes over and he's like, hey, man, I uh, I heard what happened with you and Ingrid. I'm sorry. And he's like, it just happened. How'd you hear about that? And it was because Sean is actually tapped into the girls' network. Yeah, um, I feel a little bad for Corey because Ingrid here is doing what Corey refused to do to her, which is dumping her right before the dance. But Corey's motives were not pure. The only reason he didn't dump her before the dance is because he feared retribution from the other girls in their class. And the only reason he went through this whole thing to make her cool was to benefit himself. So it's hard to feel too bad for him, but he does look so sad in his little turtleneck and Christmas sweater getting dumped in the cafeteria. So, you know, you feel a little sympathy here. Yeah, but things and turn around for him really quickly. Redemption comes right away because Allison comes up to him and says, Hey, heard about you and Ingrid. That's a bummer, but I need someone to take me mm -hmm. to the dance. So will you take me? And of course he will. Now all is right with the world. Corey has a date to the dance again. Do not take any moments here, Corey, to think about. It's suspicious that this popular girl is asking you to the dance. Just go with it. 
yeah sean doesn't say anything here either which like presuming that he's tapped into this girl's network and is cool and knows what's going on he probably would have had some insights into what was actually happening here but he doesn't end up saying anything to Corey about it so here we are and uh cory's excited because he's got a date with the girl he wanted all along mm-hmm. it's friday night Corey and eric go leaving for the dance everyone's dressed very casually oh uh, extremely casual <laughs> what kind of like turn turnaround like attire as well this is i'm yeah i'm not saying uh, you need to wear a suit to a school dance but like Corey was wearing like a flannel under a different flannel like come on it's still a school dance and it's like a holiday dance so you'd think people would be judging it up a little bit yeah i gave Corey some shit initially but then once we got to the dance and saw that everyone was wearing yeah. dressed the same way i was like okay yeah. this is this you're is right weird. everyone's very dressed down so you know Corey and eric are, are riding high here until they actually arrive at the dance and then everything completely falls apart. <laughs> it's like all downhill. Yeah. Eric apparently had no trouble getting a date. He used his method of just kind of being there in the hallway. So he's got a date with Jacqueline, who unfortunately went uncredited in this episode. Yeah, uh, she did. Corey, she didn't have any lines. No, she didn't say anything. Corey tags along not formal at all doesn't need a jacket even though it's winter in philly he just kind of rolls out in his flannel <laughs> double um, flannel but this is also where we get like a little bit of the amy and alan plot where they've got the house to themselves who knows where morgan is but they've got the house to themselves and they are settled in for a nice night of romance morgan's in the backyard in the snow they're like get out of here morgan we need some alone time <laughs> go to the whatever house. you do don't go in that drawer upstairs either <laughs> Yeah, the, you know, Alan and Amy are, they're going to, oh, trim the tree. And then as soon as the kids leave, they whip out their wine and going to have some, some alone time. But at the dance, Allison immediately ditches Corey. And we find out that she's dating a ninth grader and she needed Corey as a beard, essentially, yeah. so that she could go, so her parents would allow her to go to the dance thinking she was with a fellow seventh grader and she's like this is my arrangement like everybody knows this it's very reminiscent of um the uninvited episode where the okay girl <laughs> tells Corey that he is totally pa which stands for parentally acceptable yeah so it is she and was just using him she was she's she's like kind of nice about it because she assumed that Corey knew what was going on and that she wasn't like purposefully playing with him and she does kind of apologize a little bit for like uh, I, like i'm sorry i thought you knew like this is the arrangement she doesn't care that much but she is at least a little remorseful here and then of course sean comes up and he's like hey man i just heard what happened with allison because he's so <laughs> tapped in but like sean you knew you probably knew that this was happening the whole time you couldn't have given Corey's a heads up like you would have known yeah you would think especially because from the lunchtime seating arrangements, Allison and Becky were sitting together at lunch and Sean is dating Becky. So I would think that even if Sean didn't know, Becky would have said something. There were some weird seating arrangements happening in that cafeteria. Sean was sitting by himself. Corey was sitting at a different table because he went up like where Ingrid was or something. There was there was a lot of weird stuff going on at that that cafeteria. Well, Ingrid, Becky, and Allison were all seated together. So maybe they were the 
I mean, we know Becky is like the third most popular girl in their grade. So maybe Allison is number two. Maybe Ingrid had slid into the number four spot and we were just missing the number one girl. And Corey was sitting with them, but that was before his fall from grace when Ingrid dumped him, which leads me to Becky. She's also nowhere to be found at this dance. Apparently she is in the bathroom and she'd rather spend time in there powdering her nose than hanging out with Sean. Yeah. Ultimately we see Ingrid and she comes over to where Corey's sitting. She's soaking wet. She doesn't have her contacts anymore. She looks like the original Ingrid that we first met And it turns out that talking about jumping into the pool is cool, but actually jumping into it is not cool. And she gets all wet and she ruins her makeup and the cool kids ditch her. And that was short-lived. Nobody wants to slow dance with a soggy girl. That is just high school dances 101. (laughs) So stay dry, my friends. Do not jump into the pool. And, you know, velvet really doesn't dry quickly. So she's in a real pickle here. But it kind of taught her her lesson that, you know, her popularity was totally fleeting. Those kids really didn't even like her. They just thought she was cool for a moment. And she apologizes for behaving like a monster. (laughs) Like, you know, she's like, I'm really sorry. And Corey apologizes for using her. And he's like, you know, the only reason we did all this was for me. So he kind of comes clean and she apologizes. And they realize, like, had we just both been ourselves and just come to this dance, we may have actually had some fun. Yeah, exactly. It, it's a nice way to end this, that they've both kind of learned their lessons here and that they've realized you know, we'll just be ourselves and like that's going to be good enough for us as we move through this high school career. And then she goes and completely ruins this nice moment <laughs> because Jonathan Taylor Thomas lookalike comes on up and was like, oh, I like that you jumped into the pool. That was so cool. And she's like, oh, word. Peace, Corey. <laughs> hey, Corey, on. suck it. <laughs> yeah, Corey and Ingrid are about to hit the dance floor and like Jabroni walks up and she ditches him. So that, that does spoil the nice moment. The guy who asks Ingrid to dance is played by Will Estes. And he's been in a ton of stuff. And I think our mm. mothers would recognize him as Jamie Reagan from Blue Bloods. Oh, wow. He's a ma- yeah, he's a main character on Blue Bloods, which both of our mothers just adore. So um, he doesn't have a name and he only has one line in this episode, but one of his uh, earlier acting credits. Good for you to look him up. I wouldn't even have thought, but turns out he's got a better acting career than all three of the girls combined. Yeah, I was scrolling through the IMDb and he was credited and he had a picture and a lot, you know, so when someone has a picture, I'm like, I'll poke around because if they really haven't been in anything, they usually don't even have a picture. Yeah. Um, So and then I was like, oh, man, Jamie from Blue Bloods. And he's been in all 10 seasons. So he's not he's like a main main character. Um, But anyway, Eric has also been ditched by his date. She got back together with her old boyfriend. I guess she walked into the dance and spotted him from across the room and just sparks flew and she told Eric, sorry, not sorry. So now Corey, Sean, and Eric have all been kicked to the curb by their dates and are just hanging out solo at the Sadie Hawkins dance. 
this last scene is really a roller coaster. First, you feel really bad for Corey. Then you feel good because they've come to this agreement. Then you feel bad for him again because he gets ditched again. But then you feel good because like all these guys kind of have like a fun bonding moment. They even say like, in 20 years, we'll just pretend our girls were in the bathroom and we'll like look back on this fondly. And it was, it was nice to think of them like holding on to this picture of the three of them for the next 20 years so yeah eric <laughs> eric's like oh yeah completely you know relaxed about the whole situation hi want a picture to remember the dance drop dead <laughs> that was the funniest laugh. moment of the episode yeah, yeah I, it like you know he was trying to be all cool like he didn't care that he got dumped at the dance but he clearly did and i agree i like this bro bonding moment at the end it made me chuckle I forgot to mention that uh, Mr. Turner is back on his bullshit with Kat in this episode. <laughs> and Mr. Feeney actually seems to be at the beginning of the episode, sort of like setting the two of them up and like encouraging Kat to ask Mr. Turner to the dance. But then at the dance, he's uh, scolding them for being too lovey-dovey with each other. Mr. Feeney spots the the lovely Miss Snyder from across the room, and he decides to take a cue from Mr. Turner and uh, try to just enjoy his evening, maybe chat it's the with holidays. A, a lady. Yeah. yeah. Good for him. We just really have not gotten a lot of Mr. Feeney, and it's starting to starting to wear on me a little bit. So I'm hoping in the second half of the season we bounce back strong. He's had some funny one-liners in every episode, but we have not had any great Feeney lectures or feeny lessons so i have missed that as well and as our post credit scene the boys come home we see amy and alan in the exact same position from when we left them which is alan giving her a massage but they fell asleep they were so tired that he fell asleep standing up and eric tries to uh, save their evening because he throws something at alan alan wakes up and uh, we find out for six hours that they had just taken a nap, which the timing there doesn't quite seem right, but that's okay. We uh, we forgive them. That's a really long school dance, or they went to Chubby's, mm. or the dance started at 3 p.m. It would uh, <laughs> unclear which of these scenarios is true, but yeah, another pretty weak Alan and Amy subplot, but I guess they have to give them something to do while the boys are out running around. I guess so. So that is the episode of The Turnaround. The dance was a success for most people. And that takes us into the holiday break. So here we are, more than halfway through the season. We've done it. We're getting ready for the holidays. And we're also getting ready for a Ben Savage Hanukkah Spectacular. Oh my goodness. Buckle up, everyone. I hope you are ready for what will certainly not be a holiday classic for years to come. <laughs> but um, you guys definitely should watch. The movie is called Love Lights Hanukkah. It is about a woman who discovers right before Christmas that she is Jewish when she takes a DNA test. And she meets her family, her biological family. She is adopted, meets her biological family for the first time and learns about the traditions of Hanukkah and finds a new family along the way. If you go on Hallmark Channel's website, you can see all of the showtimes uh, upcoming. 
I have it on my DVR ready to go. Um, Josh and I have already watched it and we can guarantee you that our episode is going to be a hilarious recap slash review of this movie. And uh, it'll definitely be funnier if you have watched it. So yeah, you're definitely going to want to peep the movie ahead of time. And I would recommend the same thing I recommended to Jacqueline before she watched, which was have a couple of glasses of wine beforehand and finish the <laughs> bottle during the movie. <laughs> yeah, you might want to lube yourself up for this one. It's uh, it's it's a doozy. But yeah, Love Lights Hanukkah. So we have um, our new episode this Friday, like Josh said, last Feeny podcast episode of 2020. And then Christmas week, next week, we will be releasing our special Love Lights Hanukkah episode. Then we are going to take a winter break for a few weeks and reconvene in early 2021 to finish season two. Yeah, sounds like a good plan. I hope you all have enjoyed the first half of the season. Please write in, call in, leave us some messages. If you would like to be a part of one of the episodes, you feel like there's an episode in the second half of season two that really calls to you, you've got some things to say, let us know. We'll have you on as a guest. We're looking to do some fun things here in the second half of the season, so we're open to ideas as well. I've also been working on our season two trivia. So Josh will be put to the test at the end of season two. And um, that'll be a fun way to remember some of our favorite moments from this season. Absolutely. Looking forward to that. I'll have some bonus top 10, top 20 countdowns for the end of the season as well. So lots more to come. Hope you all enjoy the holidays. Uh, we're really looking forward to rejoining you in 2021. Be safe, everyone. Happy holidays. And we'll see you next week. Bye, y'all. Bye.